And the Oscar goes to. And the Oscar goes to. Please be kind, especially when we don't know what's going on. So what I got? Movies are dreams that you never forget. Welcome back to The Watch List. My name is Russ Matthews from Real Dialogue. And I'm Laura Bennett from Hope 103.2. And we are looking forward to episode number seven as yes. we look at film through the lens of faith. And today we've got a big, big, this is a big podcast. I, don't I know, mean, there's so much going on. We're talking about Fast and Furious, in this instance, Fast X specifically. So could it be any bigger, more ridiculous and more full of rules that just don't abide by physics or anything else totally. than any other episode? Exactly. But then on top of it, we also get to add in going to the opposite end of the spectrum, I guess, mm-hmm. as it were, or diving deep into oh, this one, uh, like The that. Little Mermaid. Yeah, hey. we're doing The Little Mermaid because this was definitely has a whole bunch of controversy that kind of comes along with it. But we did. We got to go see it um, kind of live and in person. So this mm. was really quite special. Then we're going to look at some of the different franchises that people love. Why do we love them? Because we're going to talk about that because I can't wait to kind of find out why you love this. But why don't you go ahead, get us started. Let's get, this. why don't we just get started? Fast yes. X. Let's do Fast X. Well, this is the 10th in what is one of cinema's most epic franchises, Russell. Epic. 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 And when Vin Diesel actually spoke about this on the Kelly Clarkson show, and he said that one of the reasons, I mean, there's many reasons why they wanted to keep this franchise going, but they sure. realized that if they were to get to 10 or more, well, yeah, let's like, <laughs> Be real about that. But they would be doing something that no other franchise in the history of cinema has done if they were to get to 10. And they've done it. And a point that he made as well was that unlike, you know, your Marvels and DCs, Fast and Furious doesn't have an inherited fan base. It's Mm. not off the back of a comic book series. It's not anything like that. This is from the ground up. Fans have bought into this franchise. So when you get to the 10th one, Mm. you seem, you do not care about this at all. And that's okay. (laughs) But I am invested. In the 10th one, we've we've now got the introduction of a new villain played by Jason Momoa. Yes, we do. Who threatens to basically unravel everything that Dominic Toretto and his family have built over the last decade because... Two decades. Two decades. 22 years, this franchise. Yes, but they flash back to 10 years why I referenced that. they do. So 10 years ago, Dominic and uh, Paul Walker's character, of course, loved... Grieving his passing still. Um, so they, <laughs> they were involved in a heist essentially that took something from Jason Momoa's dad. I'm using the actor's name because it's just, it's real, it's them. Um, but they took something from his dad and so Jason Momoa is essentially there to get revenge on Dominic and the family right. and in his eccentric, villainous ways is going to destroy everything. <laughs> the well, world. Not right? just yeah. the family and, and the world. And he's very, like, watching this movie, this, mind you, like this episode is 100% going to have spoilers, so fair warning for that. But yes. I went along to see Fast X with two people that didn't realise this was one of three. This is not the very, very end. The end is being split up. All so right. you're going a to be left. within the decade. A ju- yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah, that's right. So this is going to be a movie that leaves you with a cliffhanger. You need to know that. And, yes, that is my my warning to you. But otherwise it's so much fun. <laughs> okay. Okay. So it's 10. It was going to be 12, Mm -hmm. you know, at least that. And then they're going to have spinoffs that go up every different direction, racing their cars, the women down one path, the men down the (laughs) other path. Rock will, I'm sure, will show up again. Mm -hmm. Um, How does this one rank in amongst all of your, because you are like an aficionado of this. This is is one of those things that I have grown up watching alongside, you know, so I think this is the reason fans love this, right? Because 
from the time the first one came out to now, so much of our own personal lives have been lived alongside these movies. So there's a kind of this like this, I suppose, timeline of your own life that relates to everything that's happening in these stories. Like I remember what was going on in my life when I watched the different ones. I remember where I was when I watched the one where Paul Walker dies. Like it it is times in history marked by these movies. But I will say the 10th is not for me, my favourite. Like, it is incredible. Jason Momoa is an amazing baddie. He kind of pulls together, for me, it was influences of the Joker meets, like, a Bond villain. There's, like, this eccentric, psychotic kind of comical edge. Right. And then this real, like, big and ridiculous and just, you know, like, international type side to what he does. But it was... It didn't have, it had all of the action and it had a lot of the pace and the constant energy, but it just wasn't as weighty as some of the others have been. Like, oddly enough, you don't feel like as much is quite at stake mm-hmm. in some of the others. Don't laugh for us. <laughs> You're not, you don't, you don't understand the buy-in I, of these movies. I, I really want you to know, Laura, I'm not laughing at you. <laughs> oh, I I'm know, just like, fine. I'm just sitting there going, and also I understand, I, because knowing in the room right now, my microphone could get turned off, yep. my video could get turned off uh-huh. because of... If I really go after oh. this franchise too hard, we so will I shut totally you down. But I mean, the thing you have to understand is, I'm fully aware, as are most Fast and Furious fans, the whole thing is ridiculous. But that's why it's amazing. Right there, you because go. the bond between these characters is epic. It is a lifelong. It is forged in the depths of sure. you know life's hardest moments and funnest ones as well. But it is also ridiculous. Like what other movie defies the laws of physics? And logic. Exactly. Everything. Everything. (laughs) There is is nothing to take seriously about these movies, and that's why they're amazing. Okay. There you go. Because I'll I'll give it to you. Jason Momoa, he just looked like he was having a blast. He didn't have to muscle up. He could wear that funky jacket, get to Mm -hmm. ride the really cool motorcycle, and do all the things he was doing. So it was cool. So he looked like he was having a ball. It is a little overbloated with every single. I won't tell you the cameos, but there seems to be Mm -hmm. every cameo under the sun. Yeah. But don't you think, I mean, you have to have been along the for the ride to really even get what's going on in this movie, don't yeah. you? I mean, because I, I half the characters are coming in. I'm going, mm. oh, cool, but why are they there? And so uh, this yeah. sort of thing. I mean, just so you know, I have watched the movies. Don't get me wrong. I mean, but for those who haven't, mm. you'd have to have seen the rest. Right? I think if you're going to feel the significance of different pieces, sure. And like when they're gathering the whole family around the table at you know the family home that has featured in so many of these of these movies, when they're talking about about Brian and little B who's named after Brian and all of that kind of a thing. You're not, you're not going to feel that and understand the journey these characters have been on if you haven't watched the other ones. But I think if you just happen to be like brought along to watch this movie, you're still going to have fun and enjoy it for the individual story that it is because Jason Momoa's character, especially like you've got a new villain, you've got a new mission, you've got new threats and all of that kind of stuff that is a standalone movie. You can still have fun and just be like, what in the world is this? It's a giant rolling bomb going through Rome. Exactly. But you're obviously not going to get the full context. Sure. Yeah. 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 So, because I mean, they do. I mean, they break all the barriers. There's no logic, there's no physics, and there's no time. Because I mean, mm-hmm. all of a sudden, oh, we go from Brazil to Portugal to the United yeah. States, and or we go in the back of a in the back of a shipping container. Yeah. And you're going, what? oh, we didn't, we don't complain, we complain about the smell, but we don't complain about the fact that we haven't eaten or drank no. or anything. Yeah, so like, it's kind of like on? a competition to see how many different places in the world they can show in one movie. <laughs> and right. I'll admit to you, like, I am a fan of this franchise for sure, but I also got confused. I think it was like two movies ago. So Brian, which is the character that Paul Walker plays, mm. he died. We, they grieved that. But then it was like they, within the universe of Fast and Furious, he's still alive, but he's not there. And 
both my sister and I who love this, we were like, hang on, didn't he die within the franchise as well as in real life or did they just grieve him leaving? And I suddenly thought, I don't remember. I have missed this because right. his character started being written back in Yeah, all of a sudden the there's, there's scenes that he's in again where you're yeah. going, wait a minute, how did, how did I, he even be there? I, I mean, needed I, to check myself. Like I need to really go back. Maybe there's Fast and Furious fans listening right now. Correct me, but I just, I was like, wait, I've missed something. Sure. They tried to do something different with this. Oh, I'm going to give you a challenge, okay? Because, mm-hmm. I mean, I, it, I, I'm just going to, if it hasn't been obvious, I really am not a huge fan of this this franchise. Okay, I so I totally get it. You. And I, I used to respect me. Thank <laughs> you. I could still live. Um, but how how can you explain? I mean, I think you've started already, but how do you explain the love of this franchise without using the word family? Uh, yeah. So, I mean, so how do you, because I mean, I totally get it. But honestly, even in this this 10th one, I'm going, yeah, I see the whole family thing, but mm. everybody seems to hate Ben Diesel. So I'm kind of <laughs> curious, like, why? Why is it? I mean, that's kind of a joke, and it's an exaggeration. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but I'm kind of curious. What is it that goes beyond just family? I think it's legacy, and because even in even in this one, they don't they don't milk the family thing quite as much as you think they might. Like in some of them, every you know third or fourth kind of moment, there's some mention of family this and family that. In this one, they talk about it, and the threat is, of course, to destroy the family. But it's like. It didn't seem to be the central thing. It's like it's a legacy thing. And I think that's probably one of the things that does keep people coming because, of course, like when you watch the very, very first one, for me it was a love of cars and the coolness of it and just like, whoa, street racing and I like teenager. Like you, It it took a time of life and was just the right movie at the right time for everyone to be interested in it. It was like a cool community, like the community that it represented Yes, like there's just something so appealing about that. But then I think over time it does become about allegiances. And as silly as it might seem, you feel this sense of like solidarity with these characters and it's like you've lived the journey with them. And I think the concept of legacy in terms of what people personally take away from it and the bigger picture of this, it's like what are you creating with your life? What are you building around you? Mm. That kind of core group, whether it's family by blood or family by friendship, all of us have these kind of groups that we are aligned with and that become the people we live life alongside. And that is something to defend and love and preserve and enjoy. And so I think that's the thing. Okay, there you go. Right? Okay. No, I I totally buy it. I'm not not that I'm going to come away going, yeah, you know, now I believe. I believe in the family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, But no, I I definitely see it. Because also the other thing I love about this is it gets people back to the cinema. Uh Because you've got to see this on the big screen. You have to. And it's just cool. Like, let's not forget it's just cool. Every corner of the screen is being used. I mean, you have cars coming from every single direction. And they still... It is lowbrow, mm-hmm. you know, as far as it is superheroes in cars. But yeah. it, 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 it's, it's, I mean, they'll even admit it. I mean, that it's not, that they don't, they're not trying to be no. extremely extravagant in some of their concepts and ideas. Yeah. It's, they pretty much are still racing cars. I mean, there's a race yeah. car, there's a scene in every single, every single film where they're racing cars again. Yeah. So it's going to be a drag race. They, they, they say, they stay to it. So I, I get mm-hmm. it. I get it. But I don't know. Still, but it's not something- quite my. Like, it's the moral of the story is that a guy that knows how to drive a car, a girl that knows how to drive a car can save the day. Whatever is at stake, if you have a car and you know how to drive it, you can be the hero. That's kind of the thing, too, (laughs) as silly as it is. I love it. I love it. Okay, but one more thing, because I I, I just got to ask this, because you you brought this up a while ago when we were chatting about this. You actually say that this, too, that this film, this series is a love story. Yes. You you say... (laughs) How can it not be? I think you brought it up last time. I'm going, 
What? So, I mean, I sort of get it, but tell me, you got to explain to me how yeah. this is a love story too. Letty and Dom, like okay. they they connected in the first one, and then over the course of the movie, there has been loss and grief and restoration of their relationship. <laughs> they they are like the mum and dad heartbeat of the whole. Thing. Okay. And it, and what I love too, like if we're going to talk about the way that their relationship perhaps is a little different from some of the other like rom commy ones we've spoken about in previous episodes, Letty gives as good as she gets. Right. Like this is a char- right. this is a franchise she gets where the best fight scenes are pretty yeah, much in the movie. Like they don't in some of the earlier movies, like they've certainly evolved the messaging around the women in these movies for sure. But Letty is a strong character in and of herself. She is bad to the bone, right? Like she'll fight <laughs> if she needs to fight. She'll defend when she needs to defend like it's not all Dom and his world but they're a team and in terms of like record breaking and everything like that the fast and furious love story between Letty and Dom is like one of the the longest running if not the longest running in the history of cinema franchises okay okay so, I, uh, I'm, I'm I'm still not kind of totally bought in but I totally get it <laughs> I, and I love your passion I don't if I can take anything so you would say this would go this should go on everybody's watch list but do they have to go watch the rest of the the franchise 22 yeah. years of films or nine other films they need to see them I mean you don't have to you don't have to if you want to see this movie you're already going to be you know lining up to see it already but I think if you just want a fun night at the cinema see it regardless of sure. how and you know however many other as you've seen. Okay. All right. Yeah, I, I, I get it. I get yeah. it. It's uh, fun. Okay. Yeah. Great. Okay. It's fun. Well, okay. So, well, <laughs> we went from kind of talking about, because well, we didn't talk about the women, the women in Fast and the Furious as much, but we're going to go to another strong woman. Maybe. Yes. Yeah, so we're kind of kind of looking at the Little Mermaid. What did you think of this? Because we went, we went to the Sydney premiere. So yeah. Halle Bailey was there. You also had Rob Marshall, the director, Melissa McCarthy in the room. Sitting the, right in front of right us. in front of us, wild. What was the night like? That it was it was crazy. I mean, I mean, we've been to quite a few premieres over the years, and it was just mad because I mean, people dressed out, you know, kind of dressed in their mermaid outfits, and you had adults, adults dressing up like princesses, of course, and Triton. Mm-hmm. I mean, everybody. Then you also, but also, you had all these little kids. They were there. They were excited. So there's multiple generations that are kind of being seen here. But then also there's a passion. There's the music because it's mm. not just it's not just a the look of it or even kind of this one character that we're focusing on. It's a whole atmosphere. And they yeah. did this in the state theater and they did it well and they brought it all together. And so I think it helped, but I don't think it necessarily influenced my decision on what I thought mm. about this film. Because I mean, the one thing I really I don't know about you. Uh, I'd really love to hear what you thought about this, but um, I felt like they really stayed to the heart of the original story. But then added on enough to kind of bring it into kind of this era. Um, mm. Well, because I am, I, I'll be honest going in, I was a little skeptical because I'm kind of the live action thing. I'm like, okay, haven't we done this enough? Mm. And also this has carried a bit of controversy with it as we're kind of going along. But I think that, you know, we still see Ariel. Ariel wants to get in, go and connect with the humans. She saves Prince Eric from a shipwreck. But they really kind of add some things as well as what is I think four Lin Manuel Miranda songs. Mm. So I I don't know. I thought it was 
I, I really enjoyed it, but I would love to know, what did you think? Especially because I think you have a little bit more of a connection with Ariel than maybe I do. <laughs> maybe, but I what I didn't realise that they spoke about on the night was that Ariel in the original only had the one song. Right. Part of your world is her song in the movie, and over the course of it they, you know, pull different bits and it crescendos and all of these sorts of things. So when they wanted to bring this to the screen now, they did want to expand the musical right. offering and tell more of the story, give Eric a song, give Scuttle the seagull. Is it a seagull? I don't think it is yeah. a seagull. Well, it's kind of a, a yeah, bird, it's, it's a, a water seabird. bird. It's some sort seabird of seabird of some yeah. description. Uh, gets a song as well, played by Aquafina. But I think the the heart of this story, as you said, like they have they have stayed true to the basic story. So, you know, Ariel's defying her father's wishes That's by right. wanting to connect to the humans. She gives up her voice to be able to go to land. But what I appreciated that they did is that they didn't make that so much because one of the problematic things bringing that story into the modern age is that people aren't going to sit well with the idea of a woman, a young girl in this instance, giving up her voice, giving up her identity to find love with this prince, you right. know? So what I really appreciated would, was that that wasn't really the backbone of her intention. It was more that she wanted to bridge the gap between these two different people groups. You know, the humans are misunderstood by the mermaids. Her dad wants her to have nothing to do with them. Mermaids are largely misunderstood and kind of hunted by humans. And it, you can, I feel like you could feel the distinction between her motivation. It wasn't about love and romance, although of course she had this interest in Prince Eric. It was more that she wanted to say, hey, we're kind of misunderstanding each other. I'm seeing humans in a kinder light than everybody else. Let me do what I can to get across the line and show you that, which does involve sacrifice. Yeah, it does. I, we all know the story of the Little Mermaid. Ultimately, you know, she does end up with Prince Eric, which does mean she gives up her life as a mermaid. So there's something to ponder in that, right? Our choices yeah. have consequences, even yeah. if we're getting the dream. That's right. But I just liked that they were able to change the tone enough so it didn't feel so much like, give up yourself for love. Like it didn't have right. that. And like no. you say, there's been controversy around this one, but I just, it was so unnecessary. It, it really, well, it's, it's prejudging a film based on it because I mean, that's one of the good things about seeing the panel that I really enjoyed was um, Rob Marshall going, well, Holly was the first person. Ha- 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 I can't ever say it right. <laughs> Holly, Holly, anyway. Um, she was the first one that actually performed for them and actually tried out, but then they went through hundreds of other people, but they just kept coming back to her. So it wasn't like, they had an agenda where they were trying to pick somebody that has a certain look or anything like that. It's just she was the most talented of choices. Yeah, well, let me let me set it up real quick for people who may not be so aware. So Halle Bailey, first African-American Disney princess in a live action. So right. there has been some in animated uh, Disney productions, yeah. but this was the first in a live action. And then this movement started online called Hashtag Not My Ariel, where people were pushing back against the idea of an African-American being able to be cast as Ariel Wild, like of, of all the things to complain about in a yeah, Disney movie or yeah. any movie, that's really what you're going to pick. And so there was such pushback, but then such beautiful response when the first trailer came out and Hallie spoke about this on the night, like the reaction of black kids, people of colour right. suddenly just crying and being so excited at seeing themselves reflected in this character. And on the night, that energy was in the room as it well. Was. It was. It was amazing. Well, and I, my daughter, who's a music major at university, she was like, 
oh my word, she nailed it. I mean, mm. it was it was just an amazing song. The way that she did it, made it her own, even though it still stayed true to the original Alan Menken um, kind of lyric and everything like that. That was just phenomenal. So I think I think that that was kind of pushed aside for me. But then on top of it, um, to add in all of the other various songs, especially the Lynn Manuel Miranda songs that really complemented it um, and really kind of added to it. Even having mm. the fact that kind of explaining the kind of the the different sisters, how they represented the seven areas, not just of the seas, but of the world. They would kind of come from different ethnicities and things. It was really fascinating to see how they Mm. handled it. But then on top of it, it was just fun. I mean, it was a lot of fun. I I think uh, um, seeing all the characters kind of come back, so you had the nostalgia but then on top of it, they added in all these kind of fresh new ideas that kind of really they helped with did. it. They did. And, like, there's really mixed reviews for this movie. Some people think it was really flat and just lacking, and I've seen a lot of criticism. But then whether it was because we were in the context of the state theatre and there's a certain kind of magic and fun to that and whether it's because we were with an audience who were just so excited to see it and embracing it and, you know, clapping after all of the big yeah. numbers and everything, I genuinely thought it was a really good movie. Like, truth be told, I was ready to be disappointed and just think this is another Disney money grab, trying to, you know, bring themselves back into that space of nostalgia that seems to be sometimes working well for them. But genuinely, the songs were amazing. The world that they create underwater, stunning. And I just thought you guys have made this so much more beautiful and fun and relevant than I was expecting for it to be. And a lot of the trailers make it look really dark. And Ursula is a very visually dark character and there's a lot of sort of menacing you know, aspects to her. So it is dark in that respect. But the trailers don't do the fun side and the musical side and the bright side justice whatsoever. Well, but you do have to admit, Melissa McCarthy was perfect. Oh, amazing. I mean, she was Ursula. I mean, she became Ursula. You you don't even think about all of her other roles. She's like, oh, wow. And she she can sing so well. She can sing, which she didn't even realize that she could do that. And so shows you what a great director can actually do for that. And uh, because, I mean, the director, Rob Marshall, I mean, he he won the Academy Award for Mm. Chicago. Yeah, and he he did Into the Woods as well. And the the Mary Poppins Returns. Yeah. That was him. Yeah, so he's, I mean, he's an amazing, he's an amazing director. and, And it was great to see him on the night. But um, I will have to say that the darker side does kind of move it. I don't know if it's necessarily for maybe littlies, you know, like mm. I think it might be a little scary for those that are maybe under the age of five or something like that. Yeah. I don't know if that's net, that the darker aspect. But then on top of it, adding four songs in the film went from being an hour and a half as an animated film to two hours, 15 minutes. And that I know having little kids and yeah. others, that is a little bit long for maybe a, a, a children's yeah. movie. But it doesn't feel long for the rest of us watching it though. Like you no. don't feel like you're watching a long movie. But one thing that I haven't like that I realized with this film or that stood out to me that I haven't seen a lot of people talking about is a scene toward the end. So again, maybe spoilers in this if you haven't sure. seen it. But there's in in the relationship between Eric and Ariel. Eric's mum, Queen Selina, she celebrates the fact that as these two come together, they're going to, you know, change the world, go forward, mm. you know, you guys. And she she essentially says, like, as you guys go forward and change the world, don't leave us behind. Like, do what you got to do, don't leave us behind. And it was interesting because I thought that to me speaks to this, like, subtext, bigger picture conversation happening at the moment. As young people rightfully are curious and explore and want to bring progress in different areas of society, what's the place of wisdom and life experience right. alongside that. Because in this instance, Queen Selena feels the best thing she can do to support her son is to just say, go ahead, change the world, don't leave me behind. But I wonder, like, if if the change 
that was being brought about was something she had a reservation about or if it was something that she didn't like think should be supported, do you have the chance to ask, you know, is this change healthy? Right. Right. And in the context of Eric and Ariel, great, go for it. Like have this relationship that bridges gaps. But if it was something where it's like, oh, guys, kind of wisdom says to me, you maybe don't want to go down that path. Mm. Life experience says to me, like this may not actually get you the outcome you want. Can we have the, that conversation these days where, you know, like I just feel for any parent or carer, any older person watching this, I feel like you don't want the idea of being a supportive person, helping out the next generation to just mean never questioning right. or never bringing analytical thought to an idea of progress. Sure. Well, yeah, and I, and I think that it kind of goes to so many of the things that we see in our mo- modern cinema, especially Disney films, that, uh, oh, well, it's young, have all of the ideas, it's all of it. And like, well, no, actually, there's a value. Because even mm. seeing their father, their father, it, he doesn't do what he's doing because of he he just wants to oppress his daughters. He's yeah. actually, I want to protect you. I want to take care of you. And there is a wisdom, even though he does kind of go over the top to a certain degree yeah. within it all. But yet I think that seeing that value and seeing kind of let out is, is something that we can actually kind of celebrate and hopefully be able to yeah. see the value of multiple generations and be able to see and they how grow- we can be- Go ahead. No, I was going to say, and there's growth and change for both of them. That's right. Like you see the parental characters evolve and have their own journey and you see that happen for the younger characters as well. Yeah. Like that crossover, like you say, is just really significant. Like how do we do that well? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so I I don't know. I, I If I was... I would say that this one goes on the watch list for me, especially yeah. I think that it's worthwhile. The music is fantastic. Mm. The um, It's great for families. That's the one thing that I really you rarely see i mean mario brothers i mean i think was really a standout for that that all of a sudden everybody families want to come back yeah and we you can't know. understate how much of an impact this has had on minority communities like right. the friends of mine that are, have watched this and speak about it on their social pages the response from women and young girls who go ariel like my my little sister my kids they're getting something i never had you know i'm not going to speak for people from that community but i just know from what i've seen this matters a lot and we can't underestimate the significance that Halle ba- Bailey being cast and what Disney have done with this, you know, how much it's actually helping people. Yeah. Which is quite special. Yeah, I think I, th- oh, I think it's going to be, I think it should be on the watch list and I, hopefully it actually is a hit for for them. Yeah. As far as when it goes. It'd be a worthwhile one. It definitely, I, and it actually was a pleasant surprise for me. Yeah. I really went in pretty negative kind of going in and I thought I came out really sold on it. Yeah. So I think it's great. Absolutely. All right. So now you obviously you were a little passionate about the Fast and the Furious. I mean, just franchise. a little bit. Just a little, a little bit. bit. Just a little bit. And but also there's other franchises. Just I don't know if there's mm. other franchises throughout history that we've kind of loved. And I, I'm kind of curious. I want to ask not only what are some of your other favorite franchises. Yeah. I don't know if there's as many that you'd be as passionate about as Fast and the you Furious. You might have pushed back on some of these. Yeah. But also, why do you think they have? Why, what is the appeal? Like, what is of the appeal of these of these franchises? Oh. You have to go into all of it, but just I'm kind of yeah. curious. Well, and weigh weigh in on this in the comment section wherever you're listening on yeah. our YouTube channel. Tell us what franchises you love because the ones that stand out to me. I mean, Jurassic Park, of course, has to be up there. Oh yeah, and it's a different kind of franchise. There's a that I think there's certain franchises if they get to you at the right time in your youth. You have a relationship to them unlike others. So for me, Jurassic Park and everything around it captures that imaginative desire to explore and discover that is really youthful. Right. Love it. 
Do you, you're oh, dressing- I, see, the thing is, I'm a Michael Crichton fan. I was so yeah. disappointed when he passed away because I thought he was one of the best writers out there. He just brought in science, but he put the cookies on the bottom shelf, meaning he yeah. made it accessible and you made it interesting. And then on top of it, entertaining, just great writing. Yeah. So then the original to have Steven Spielberg to take it on, have Michael Crichton writing, you know, it was just brilliant. And so they, they've kind of had their ebb and flow. But I, I think that when they came back, even with Jurassic World, that it was actually yeah. a really good reboot to it all. Well, I like Chris Pratt in it, but I don't know that they've they they've kind of exhausted it a little bit. Oh, like now, it's like now you, it's now yeah, it's now it's bad. Yeah, but yeah. can I can I bring up High School Musical after bringing up <laughs> Jurassic Park? Because I mean, it is a trilogy. No, like, there is a High School Musical you trilogy. Want, you want my respect? <laughs> okay, sure. And maybe. I I mean, it's I know it is subpar to most other films of all kinds. Zac Efron, hey, right? let's go. Hi. Um, but he touched my elbow once, guys. I just need that known. It was at a premiere and I haven't watched it since. Um, no, but High School Musical. I mean, it became so much to so sure. many people. It's got to be on there. Transformers has Transformers, to be on there. there you go. Pirates yeah. of the Caribbean. Right. I mean, and Sharknado. Sharknado. One of the greatest <laughs> franchises of all time. Maybe B franchises. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, there you go. The thing is, you don't have to be good to be the best. You is essentially what we learned. You keep going on and on and on. Yeah, they just kind of continue. Kind of Continue on. I mean, my family would say Harry Potter was yeah. still one of their favorites. I, I I don't think I've ever seen a franchise where where they watched it multiple times yeah. over and over again, as well as reading the book series, the Dark Knight trilogy. Oh my gosh, yes. As far as the Batman, I think is great. I, Mission Mission Impossible, interestingly yes. enough, is the one that's actually gotten better. Yes, as it it's really kind has. of kind of like, it is and really it's fascinating. Fed into the sort of icon, the legend of Tom Cruise, right? right like right, everything right. that he is as a stuntman and a daredevil and all of the things At he wouldn't 16. be right he wouldn't have the same kind of legacy as he does without those movies no he wouldn't and then on top of it, there's another one i just love the born series so i, yeah. I and and i would have to say with, with matt damon i want to keep with the mm-hmm. matt damon one but you i want, think don't that, want jeremy renner as- i love jeremy renner but he that was a that was a retrofit that didn't work yeah you okay. know just did, i think they were trying to give it to somebody who mm. really could but he's actually yeah he, he, he's he got, not he matt got, damon he's on well, he got his time in the mcu which is another yeah. franchise that everybody loved up to a point you know yeah but then in one respect, like, I'm going to offend so many people, is the MCU, is the Avengers and all of that really the best franchise? Like, yes, mm. it's one of the most successful. It's made a bunch of money. But, I mean, the Bond well, series, uh, yeah, well, see, Matrix. I, the longevity of it, it'll be interesting to see if they can kind of re- Set it because yeah. they need to reset it, and it's, I mean, they're they're going to kind of go through a similar time as the DC universe has mm. in so many different ways. So I, I mean, MCU was great for its time, but it, will it have the longevity? I yeah. don't know if it'll have the same sort of thing. And I think it's so much more easy to get exhausted by, like yeah. the, the sort of that superhero exhaustion that we've spoken about. No one's exhausted from Jurassic Park. I would say maybe no. some of the Chris Pratt ones, but no one's exhausted by Bourne and all of the others that we've mentioned. You yeah. can rewatch them and rewatch them. They haven't they haven't outlived themselves. Right. Well, I mean, because, I mean, actually, you can even point back to probably one of the, the longest running it would be James Bond. I mean, mm. as far as the, which has definitely gone through ups and downs and different characters and different alliterations. And yeah. people have their favorites, you know. There's and, so many. I mean, there's so many, but yet, you know, and so, I mean, for me, I think one of the things that really stands out, because I was thinking about franchises, why people love them, it's just because you want to know more. Once you love a character, mm. you want to dig in. I mean, yeah. I mean, even you, you feel like you had a personal connection yeah. with Dom and his family. Well, yes. You know? And like that, that kind of feeling translates across other franchises too. Like I know for me with all of the Marvel ones, like the time between the first Iron Man and Endgame 
it was like there was a grief when that ended and I was surprised yeah. by it. I think other fans felt this as well, where it wasn't just like, whoa, this epic chapter that we have been living over this, you know, decade or so, it's like it closes a chapter not just on screen but in your own life as well. And I think that that's one of the things that happens with franchises yeah. is that there's a relationship that goes beyond the screen experience of these characters. But like you say, that's why we want sequels. That's why we want we next do. chapters. That's we why we want characters. origin stories because there's an investment. And, of course, there's a financial benefit to you sure. know the studios and whatnot that make these. We can't forget that. But I think to a point it's nice to do more with a character and journey longer with them than just that first, you know, instance. Yeah. Well, and I think as we kind of come to kind of wrapping this this time up, because I know we, we kind of, kind of, even though this has been a blast, I think that it also kind of, it helped me to even think about how that is in within the human experience. Because even if you're looking at why do we have four stories of Jesus, even in the Bible, you know, is because all of them kind of give a different perspective, get a kind of a different view of it. And, mm. and so it's it kind of goes back. It's not even just movie franchises, but it's, we want to know more. We have a personal investment in this. And, I mean, talk about the greatest, not just character, but person or individual in history, you know, to be able to know and understand more. We're able to get all these different views, and I think that's what the franchise kind of points to the human mm. condition. But, yeah, then even within from a biblical standpoint that we can see the value and importance of it and building that relationship mm. – Wanting to know more about these characters, they were real, yeah, know, and, and then and then also that, but there was more to them than just one line, one good line, or one good story, or one cool car, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. yeah, all that sort of thing. And so I think that <laughs> there's something about our the the franchise that really kind of exposes who mm. we are as humanity that we want to invest in, yeah, deeper into something. And I think that that's one of the things that we can even say within even the biblical framework is that we want to invest in this. And that's why we go back and read it over and over again. Yeah. I yeah. have a thought that is quite tangential to, you know, the depth of what you're speaking about right now. <laughs> but what kind of car do you reckon Jesus would have had <laughs> if he had one? I mean, my brain went, well, Carpenter, he probably had some flat back ute. Like oh, totally. some, yeah, right. I oh, mean, yeah. maybe in the comment section you can say what oh, yeah. kind of car. Oh, but- I can see him in the Ford Bronco, you know, the old <laughs> Ford Bronco, you know, driving yeah. down the road with all of his stuff. Or in the would back. he have had the mum van so that he could pop all the disciples in, <laughs> take them on the road? Like, <laughs> is right. this is my imagination just inappropriate right oh, now? Maybe please I put don't your know. Comments down below. But I'd I love can't to wait. hear what kind and of I car will- would Jesus drive? <laughs> and I will let me add to your depth though, and just agree with you, right? Like, there is there is something to say for these things that are with us through the various seasons of life. And so for people at whatever point you connect with faith, whether you have yet or haven't, in our own lives, everything changes around us, but there are these through line stories. And in the the life of Jesus and the story of faith, that for a lot of people is this through line that we then see in different ways through the evolution of life. That's so, right. You know, oh, it's so it's, good. It's there. Oh, oh you know what? And, and I love how we bookend that with Fast and the Furious and yep. Jesus. I just uh-huh, <laughs> I There that. is a tie-in. There's a tie-in, and we were able to make it there. And so <laughs> as we come to kind of the end, we're going to be signing off here at the watch list. But make sure you subscribe. Make sure if you haven't had a chance to subscribe wherever you get your um, wherever you get your podcast and also the YouTube channel. But also, uh, you know, it's just a blast to be able to do this t- together. But we hope that you've enjoyed the, our time together. And and again, well, Laura, I'm going to sign, sign us off and yep. say, yep, I would say thanks. And thank you for listening. Make sure you rate this podcast wherever oh, yeah. you're listening. You can subscribe to it as well. Find us on the Hope 103 U- YouTube channel so you right. can turn your notifications on, get the latest episodes of The Watch List and so many more as well. Fantastic. Well, we look forward to spending more time with you again. Make sure you grab your popcorn, discuss everything about film and faith 
on the watch list. Watch.